welcome to The Cole Remote Show, the podcast that features forward-thinking business leaders, global remote work advocates, and authors involved in shaping the next generation workplace. Whether you're walking down the street, driving, or working out, get ready to learn, because the show is starting in three, two, one. Hello, hello, everyone, and welcome to Core Remote Podcast. My name is Fred, and I'll be your host for a new episode where we'll discuss the rapidly changing world of work. Today, we're going to try to understand in just 20 minutes how to hire remote software developers when all of a sudden, the entire world becomes a talent pool. And the guest we're bringing into our show has an impressive background in hiring and managing teams of remote software engineers. Our guest has a strong track record in leading large-scale engineering organizations both in-office and fully distributed. His journey with remote work started three years ago when he joined the world's largest remote work company as their senior VP engineering and became a well-known global remote work advocate. Interestingly enough, a couple of months before COVID-19 hit the planet and changed the world of work forever, he founded flatworld.co, a company that enables organizations to hire talented remote software engineers. His name is Gilad Bornstein, CEO of Flatworld.co and Global Remote Work Advocates. Gilad, welcome to our show and thank you so much for being our guest today. Thank you for having me, friend. So Gilad, in 2020, we all lived the world's biggest work from home experiment. And today, there has been a lot of conversation around the topic. Um, and I usually like to kick off each episode with a very simple question. Everyone says that remote work is not for everyone. But what does that truly mean? Sure. So I, I think that the general discussion at the public level is about stuff like communication, isolation, and people that hate to be alone at home or at home with the kids while walking, right? Stuff like that. But when we try to look at remote work, looking at it only from the prism of isolation and communication, we will provide just one angle. The right traits or the ability to be a great remote worker, to thrive in a remote work environment, right? To enjoy it and to excel with your performance requires more than just communication or not fearing the isolation, right? Uh, handling the isolation. We as, as human beings, we are a complicated creature, right? Uh, we have many different personality traits, many different soft skills, and it's a combination, like an equalizer of different personality traits, which will basically enable us to thrive in a remote work environment versus hate this environment or just not, you know, being successful in such an environment. We, we can look at, at things like whether we are introverts or extroverts, right? As someone who's too much of an extrovert, he will hate it. Someone who's too much of an introvert will have issues, might have issues with the communication. And we can look at the level of independence of a specific person. But there, there's many more to look at stuff like honesty. Why? Because we need to build the trust relationship at a remote work environment. That's the basic building block, basically building the trust, right? We need to look at the flexibility of people. We need to look at patience. We need to look at conscientiousness levels of the person, his inquisitiveness. So being remote, but still being, you know, very intrigued with what's going on in the company and its product and, and so on. Altruism, a higher altruism levels than, than usually. So 
in spite of being remote, you still connect and care about others. There's so many personality traits that one needs to take a really an holistic view in order to match them and see whether someone can thrive in, in such a, a different environment than what we've used to, to have uh, till now. So essentially, you're saying that companies should not only consider the technical skills, but also pay tremendous attention to soft skills and personality traits, right? That's correct. At the basis, that's what led us to build Flatworld. What we've learned from our history is, as remote workers is that hiring from the top 1%, hiring a top engineering talent is just not good enough in a remote work environment, right? Mm -hmm. You can hire an amazing engineer and again, either he'll be miserable at home doing the remote work, although he wanted to be a remote worker, but then he discovered that, yeah, it's not as shiny as I thought and so on. So either he'll be miserable and just quit or we will underperform because he, he misses the ability to be what's called a, a manager of one, manage his priorities, manage his time, put the limits between work and home, right? While working from the same uh, place. So definitely, it's definitely a must have to hire great talent. But then there are additional layers when handling with remote hiring that you need to handle when, when doing remote hiring to ensure those, you know, high engagement, long retention type of uh, relationship that we are looking to get. Yeah, I think what you just said makes a lot of sense and uh, it will definitely help the companies hire remote software developers. So now, Gilad, um, moving on to the next topic, when we look at it carefully, it seems that not all the fully distributed companies work the same. And I always have in mind the example of GitLab, the company that has been operating remotely since day one with no HQ and company that, by the way, has been very successful. So my question for you is, do you think that we can tell them apart? And why is it important when searching for talent? Right. So I think that w w when you go remote, things go a bit to the extreme, right? And uh, the differences between the companies, the different companies, it's easier to feel them or the differences just increase, right? So uh, you have those uh, fast-paced startups, okay? And then within the fast-paced startups, you have those that are trying to mimic a synchronized environment in a remote work environment. That would be one type. There are other ones that said, okay, we, we're not going to duplicate or replicate the office environment into the remote and work environment, we will build an async communication environment, right? To leverage remote work instead of fighting remote work. That would be a different one. That there are companies, there are small startups that, that are more focused on, on pay. Some are more focused on quality. I think that the typecast of, of the founders influences a lot on the remote culture built within the company, mm. right? Some will ask you to keep your camera on to, again, to create such a team environment. Some will just provide you with a ticket and go and implement it and come back whenever. The level of communication with the peers and the manager changes a lot between companies. And that's, again, a place where a candidate seeking a remote job should 
not only get interviewed, but also interview the company, mm. right? Because not all remote companies are the same. So you need to find the company where you'll feel comfortable, will give you the flexibility, will give you uh, that you want. Maybe you don't want flexibility. When the, maybe you want to work nine to five, that's perfectly fine. But if you want flexibility, search for a company that leverages remote work for flexibility. If you want to move very fast with your career, search for that, you know, company where, where you'll have great coaches from the global population, right? Not just someone that happens to live in your city, but yeah, he's, he's an awesome engineer from wherever and he'll be able to coach you and, and so on. So uh, remote work opens tons of opportunities, both for the companies as well as the employees. And there's, it's like going to the supermarket or to the market, right? You need to choose the right fruit or vegetable that fits you. Yeah, I think it's that idea of matchmaking, essentially finding the ideal situation for both companies and candidates. I think it's what you guys do at Flat World, right? That's correct. I call it in a, in a very simple language, I call it building a win-win situation, right? Getting to a, to a situation where yeah. post-hire, both sides are happy. Okay. Uh, happy from hiring manager perspective is one thing. Happy from the uh, remote worker perspective is a different thing. But Creating this happiness means that we will get high engagement, long retention, high growth, and so on. So it's this win-win situation that enables us to keep uh, the remote workers engaged and with part of the family for a long period of time. So Gilad, as you're the CEO of Flatworld, I'd like to leverage your experience and ask you an important two-part question. Could you explain to us why we put the same attention on soft skills as we do on technical skills and what it is that we care about and most people disregard? Right, right. So it touches again on the point of of the different type of companies and different type of personalities of the people. And what we've discovered is that uh, in the old setup of companies where you have an office, People come in day in, day out of the office, at least several times a week. And the, the office is full of ceremonies, right? Ceremonies can include the stand up in the morning. The ceremony can include lunch. It can include the coffee break, whatever. During those ceremonies, there's an implicit sort of realignment that takes place day in, day out between the company culture and, and the employee, just because you are talking with other people, right? And and it's about hearing your management, but also talking with the others. And the office itself is, is full of ceremonies. And when we go into a remote setup, and of course the good remote companies, they inject ceremonies into the remote setup as well. So a virtual water cooler and weekly meetings and daily and whatever, but it's slightly different. and. What we discovered is that if there isn't a relatively good alignment when the hire is being made between the company and the candidate, right? It, again, it goes both sides. If the alignment is not there, things tend to start and drift apart after a quarter or two. And when things start to drift apart, it means that you are in the risk of losing the, losing the developer or the remote worker, right? The way to ensure or to increase the chances for a long-term mutual success yeah. is by optimizing this initial fit between the two sides, right? And, and again, this plays for both ends, both the company as well as the employee itself that took the decision to join a specific company somewhere in the world, right? Somewhere remotely. 
Gilad, I have a question that just actually popped to my mind. Would you say that the hiring of a remote software engineer takes longer or shorter than just a normal hiring or sure. something more mainstream? Well, the, the short answer is it depends. If you, you are doing it right, then the timeline for hiring remote developers is by far shorter. Oh. Why? There's tons of talent available. It doesn't matter if you hire now across your country or, or across Europe or across the US or across the globe. Wherever you, you are, you're going to have an X factor over the number of your local candidates. So you're going to get way more candidates. Way more candidates means that you can close the hire much faster, theoretically, right? But that's the issue. The issue is that you are getting lots of candidates. And suddenly, instead of getting uh, just 50 CVs for the role, you'll be getting 300 CVs, right? So the timeline really depends here on your ability to have the right structure for remote hiring processes, right? How do you go about those 300 CVs, right, that you got? Some of them are a match, some are partial match. It requires a, some adaptation, right? The HR departments that till now were, were using a certain set of tools and are used to a, a certain level of volume of candidates for every role suddenly changes, right? The volume increases by sometimes an amazing X factor, right? You have an amazing reach to amazing talent, but you also now need to have the right tools in place to find within those 300 CVs or candidates, find out the, the right match for you. Yeah, what you're saying makes a lot of sense. And uh, I remember that uh, recently we recorded an episode with Bricky Goldrich, the VP Global HR at Radware, and I was asking her uh, how they adapted their recruitment tech stack at uh, Radware during COVID-19. And I think the company would have to understand that it's a must today to invest much more Definitely. in technology if they want to be able to cope with a much higher volume of candidates and uh, and series. Exactly, exactly. So now it's time to turn to our audience and answer one of their questions. For those of you who are not familiar yet with the concept, we think that you should be part of the show. Before each episode, we ask you to record and send questions and we make sure that the guest answers them. And for the people willing to record one or more than one question to our future guest, you can check out our website at www.coremote.com and you'll find a link for the question recording or voice messaging straight from your smartphone. So now, Gilad, let's listen to the question from the audience. Hi, Gilad. My name is Sam and I'm a software engineer in the Silicon Valley. I have nearly 10 years of experience working as a full-stack developer and managing teams for different tech companies. Today, I'm considering leaving San Francisco and apply for remote positions. And I was wondering if you have any tips to share when it comes to negotiating my salary conditions. Should I adjust my salary expectation based on where I live and work remotely or use my current salary in the Valley as a base and ask more? Thank you. That, that's an interesting and dangerous question, right? It's one of those re religious wars out there on the web about remote salaries and should uh, developers 
agree to take a, a salary hit in order to go remote and so on. I don't think there's, there is a, a black and white or right or wrong. I definitely have my opinion. I'll talk about it in a second, but it starts with the fact that different companies took different approaches, right? So if, if we talk about the very famous companies, uh, you have companies like credit that actually decided to eliminate any, any geographic uh, compensation zones, right? Uh, at least within the U.S. And again, that's if we look at uh, at U.S.-based hiring and moving within the U.S. to different countries. So basically, you're saying giving salaries that are not uh, location dependent, at least for the U.S. Uh, exactly. So, so different states. If you work for Reddit at different states, you, you will be earning the same amount of salary without any any change. But uh, for other companies, for example, if we can mention uh, VMware or Twitter, uh, Stripe as well, yeah. there are either cost of living adjustment or, or even a, a flat rate uh, sort of cut off. Okay, you move out of Silicon Valley, you want to go remote, that's awesome. You know, here, here's a 10% salary cut and enjoy your new life outside of San Francisco, right? Your new quality of life. Now, again, so, so different companies, different options. Most of the companies are very, very transparent with that. Okay. That, that's our policy. That's what we believe in. And either you like it and you can be part of the company or you don't like it. You can move to another company. That's fine. Right. Again, there's no right and wrong over here. I do want to mention, at least from, from my perspective, San Francisco, Silicon Valley is, you know, it's an extreme point. The cost of living is super high. Talent scarcity is, is at the extreme. I personally don't think that you can calibrate the entire world or even the entire US based on an extreme point, right? So sure, the companies are earning more money because there are no offices. I understand that. But also, also the remote developers, remote workers, whatever that will be leaving Silicon Valley, they will also be enjoying an, an extra amount of cash, of, of lifestyle, of, of whatever, right? So it's again, it's about maintaining the win-win situation and every person needs to find his, what's right for him, right? That's that there's, there's no one solution over here. I, I think that in the polls that were made, uh, it showed that like 60% of the developers said that they will be willing to get a, a, to absorb a salary hit of 10% and above, so 10, 20, 30, whatever, but it starts at 10%, uh, like 60% said that they are willing to get the, the salary hit uh, in order to stay remote for the rest of their career, right? We still have 40% that are not willing, and that's fine. We are different, and that's it. So different companies match different people. We go there again. Gilad, how about we take a moment now, and we're trying to imagine what the coming months and coming years would look like. And since you have a strong experience in hiring and managing teams of remote uh, software developers. I have a $1 million question for you. What will happen the day after COVID-19 when we could do anything from anywhere with the limitation of time zone? How do you envision that world? So I truly believe that the world of work has change this year, or should I say last year, change forever, right? It, it will never go back to be the same in, in my opinion, right? Walk borders are, are collapsing. In, in my seat at Flatwood, I'm seeing more and more and more companies that were not remote pre-COVID. They transitioned 
into a work from home. I don't even call it remote. They transitioned into a work from home mode during COVID. And when they saw that it actually worked pretty well for them, they decided to take it one step further and transition into a fully remote company. Mm-hmm. And when that worked, they went one step further and said, okay, we're going to hire internationally, right? So not US only or, or not England only. We, we're going to open now uh, fully internationally because it worked for us. And, and what it does mean for candidates is that every candidate will now or, or soon will have hundreds of different companies that he can actually apply for, at least theoretically. And, and the same goes from the candidate side, right? So we are interviewing Every day, there isn't a day that passes that we don't get a candidate uh, in an interview. And when we ask him, what's your reason that you want to join this company or that company said, okay, I'm, you know, I've experienced work from home during COVID. It's actually quite nice. Mm -hmm. I want to transition to a company that is fully remote and not temporarily remote, right? So they're not even waiting the candidates for the day that the companies will tell them, okay, go back to the office. They, they're clever enough to say, okay, this is temporary remote. That's not the DNA of, of the company I'm currently working with. I'm not going to wait. I, I'm going to switch jobs now yeah. and, and, and make sure that I, I stay remote later on with, with the flexibility. And that, that opens tons of opportunities for people, tons of opportunities. Volumes of candidates will increase quarter over quarter because Again, suddenly people from all over the world or from all over the time zone range that you've, you've mentioned uh, defined will apply. And that creates again, tons of opportunity and also challenges with selecting the right candidate or the right workplace, right? So mm-hmm. with large volume comes opportunity as well as, as challenges. Yep, that's true. Your last uh, sentence definitely resonates with me with opportunities always come challenges. And it's uh, actually the perfect transition to the next topic because we're going to talk now about remote software engineers and the attrition risk. Um, so Gilad, based on your experience, how do you think companies can manage the attrition risk and low productivity? And before you answer the question, it would be nice if you can define with your own words what attrition risk is, because I'm not sure that everyone uh, knows what it means. Right, right. So the, the risk with the attrition is that someone that, again, if you take the office out of the equation, some fear that the level of connection and, and belongness between the remote worker and the company would not be as high. Mm-hmm. And th- that increases the risk that when they will get this email or call or whatever from a headhunter, they will jump the ship, right? And to mitigate it, th- there are different levels of, of mitigation. It starts with what we do. So ensure that we get the right person into the right company. So getting the right person in the right company increases significantly the likelihood for him to become very quickly part of the company, right? Connect with the product, connect with the DNA, the culture of the company, connect with the mission of the company by selecting the right people, right? The world is huge. You have so many candidates. Don't just filter them on technical, filter them on the people that will connect with what you want to present, right? So that would be one. So choosing the right person for the job. And then comes the ongoing sustained work, right? And and in the sustained work is, you know, those uh, ceremonies that we've touched earlier and so on to make sure to continue and, and connect 
on a weekly basis, on a daily basis, the remote employees to the company. The fact that they are far away doesn't mean that they need to be far away, right? So those uh, virtual water coolers and chats and checking chats and presence from the companies and whatever helps companies to build this culture and feeling of belongingness, right? At, at the core, most of us want to belong to something, Absolutely either a agree. team of people or a product. Yeah. It's putting the right person next to the product or next to the people that uh, he will find it fun to connect with. And then, you know, it's then just make sure that it stays there. Right. So uh, cultivate it as you move along. Don't don't neglect it. And that means that great things will happen because at the root of it, studies shows that remote workers tend to stand to stay with companies for a longer period of time. Right. So that has been shown in several studies already. And to leverage that. Right. All you need to do is get the right person in. And then make sure that you continue and treat him as, as someone is at the office every day. Okay, Gilad, I have a bonus question for you. And sure. despite the fact that you are a global remote work advocate, do you think the trend followed by company will be more towards hybrids or uh, fully remote? Sure, sure. I believe that most of the companies out there in the world, right? I don't even know how many companies are there in the world. I think that most of the companies in the world will be hybrid companies, right? Most of their personnel will be live in the vicinity of the office. Vicinity can be a two hours drive as well, but will be in the vicinity and will visit the office once or twice a week. That would be most of the companies, in my opinion. They might have some remote workers that are further away. Okay. And that would be probably, in my opinion, the majority of the companies, right? But then there will have those, you'll have those companies that will stay in the old world and they will want their staff uh, to come to the office every day. It's not that the staff, they, maybe they will find people that wants to come to the office every day as well. That's fine. Everyone, uh, we are all individuals. That would be at one extreme. But I think that there will be, I know that there will be tens of thousands of companies that will be fully remote, right? Tens of thousands of companies that will open possibilities and, and, and all over the world, right? So it's all about endless possibilities, regardless of where you live. And if you are a remote worker, looking for these companies, yeah. we get tens and, and hundreds probably of new remote companies every day that, that goes by, right? The transformation continues and continues and continues. Wonderful. So whether you are a software developer looking for a remote position or a company looking to hire remote uh, developers, I think you should definitely check out the website flatworld.co and see the amazing job that Gilad uh, is doing with his company. Sure. So Gilad, we need to wrap up this episode, but it was truly a pleasure to make the episode with you. So thank you so much for your time today. Uh, you're definitely leaving us with a lot of insights. We hope that you also enjoyed and had a great time with us today. So thank you so much. All the best with your company, flatworld.co. And thank you again. Bye, friend. Bye, everyone. Have a great day, everyone, and stay safe. Bye-bye. If you like this episode, you can leave your feedback on our website and give us five stars on Apple Podcasts. 
Also, don't forget to visit our website, coalremote.com, if you'd like to ask questions to our future guests, or if you want to be the next guest of our show and share your ideas about shaping the next generation workplace with a global audience.